Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and Hey, 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 ladies and and gents. Why did I Maybe. forget the word gents? <laughs> I think I panicked. <laughs> um, okay, we're going to start off with our hot take. Maddie, do you want to know which one we're going to do today? Sure, why not? Do you say sure or sure? Sure. Sure. I think it depends. You sure. say sure. I can tell by the way you say it. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> do you sleep with socks on? Okay, we've talked about this before, and yes, I do. I sleep with socks on because I'm cold, and I like to be cozy, and I like to feel warm a warm hug on my feet. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though you might be the Antichrist. <laughs> I don't get it. I only sleep with socks on if it is an ice box in my house. And well, that's, even then, I'm like not. My room is it. freezing cold. Well, I keep my room pretty cold in general. I try to anyways. But I st- unless I'm like shivering, I'm not. Like I'm not saying I wear socks every single night, but mm-hmm. I am saying I fall asleep with socks on regularly, and it doesn't bother me. What about whenever you shave your legs and you just feel it with your foot? What? Like your legs are super soft, so you feel it with your foot. Do other people not do that? Like whenever you shave your legs, they're so soft. Definitely. And so you have to have your foot on it yeah. all night. Yes, but I, uh, I know I go in between. It depends on the time of the year. I go in between wearing like just a big t-shirt to bed, right, and like a sweatshirt and sweats. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The t-shirt. Just a big t-shirt type of season. Uh huh. I'm not really wearing socks. Okay, that would make sense. But if you're like, it, I think I agree. I think if I'm wearing a pair of joggers. I'm more likely to put on. Do you wear joggers to bed? Like these, almost. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I fall asleep in leggings, big sweats. Like you would joggers. fall asleep anywhere. <laughs> You would fall asleep in. I almost just said something. Where I'll cut it. <laughs> Stop. Wow. It's Haley's DMs. Oh, if you want to know what she just said. Jesus. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> what was like my next question? I had another question about it. Wait. What was? It? Oh, I do not understand how people sleep naked. Oh, really? No, I could never do that. Oh no, I kind of like it. What? Yeah. Depends. No, Again, not butt naked. It can't be like a cold month. It has to be like a big t-shirt month. No. No. No, it's actually nice. No. All right. If you're just tuning in now, uh, we actually had to cut a lot out because Maddie and I talked about embarrassing stories. Talked about far too many embarrassing things. Yes. That's so what are we going to talk about today, Haley? Um, so today, oh, on our table talk for idiots, we've decided we're going to talk about friendships. You know what song is playing in my head right now? What? <laughs> Did you, you forget? No, no, do you know it? Do, do, like, okay. This image in my head that we were both going to start singing True Friend by Hannah Montana at the exact same That's time. That's what I was trying to and think it, of. It, in it my just head. didn't come to fruition, and I'm okay. You're a true friend. Oh, that was good. I knew I should have had a record deal, but now my ears are ringing. I hurt myself. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, so Maddie and I have been friends for how long have we been friends now, Maddie? 
Um, ooh, when was Top Golf? Oh gosh, that that's was our when we freshman met. Freshman year of college. Maddie and I have been friends since our freshman year of college. We are we just graduated last year, so we've probably been friends for four years. But I don't think I don't we're know friends. Why till second semester. my brain is still saying seven, even though you're saying it's only been. Nine. You always say that we've been friends for seven why. years. I think you should take it as a compliment. I feel like I've known you forever. No, I do. Okay, but it's just well, not true. true. Well, Maddie and I have these kind of conversations literally all the time in the privacy of one of our apartments. So I feel like yeah, some of these podcasts feel like intrusive because they just feel like recorded conversations that me and Haley have over a meal. This is true. Conversations about, I don't know, Ted Bundy, friendships. <laughs> we have a wide range here. Yeah, we really We're talented do. girls. Which I'm not mad about. No. My favorite all. kind of friend. It's true. I think Maddie and I have a pretty unique friendship. I'm going to venture out and say this one. If you disagree, don't tell me. Um, where we don't get sick of each other very quickly. No, we don't. At all. I don't think I've ever had a time really where I've been sick of you, ever. Really? That's comforting to know because I definitely... <laughs> really? Because I'm actually sick of you right no, now? No, no, no. Because I feel like there's definitely times where you're like, I don't want to hang out with her. Okay. I think I might accidentally give off that vibe because Emerson tells me that all the time. She's like, I think that if you could choose, you would just live alone. And granted, it's probably true. I am just more introverted than people think I am. Like, I yes, just... I do alone. agree. I, in general, I just need to be alone. Yes. But and anyways... I think I'm a little bit more tolerant in that sense. Yes, you but are. Um, I can genuinely say I've never been like, nope. Mm. Um, Maddie and I have very, I don't know how to explain this. We have different perspectives and different backgrounds and friendships mm -hmm. leading up all mm -hmm. the way to when we met at college. Mm -hmm. And even our college friendships were mm -hmm. pretty different. Oh, yeah. And I think we had different challenges whenever it came to friendships yes. because the things you struggle with in friendships aren't necessarily the same for me yeah they're the opposite which is yeah. I think why we complement each other well because yeah, you know you don't have to worry about the things yeah. that freak you out and I know I don't have to worry about the things that freak me out yes in each other and I think it's I know what you're insecure about and you know what I'm yes. insecure about whenever it comes to friendships so it's easier to be like okay Maddie I feel like this yes and it's super, not weird it's super very, easy communication yeah. okay well, do you want to start with like high school friendships who were you oh, in high school lordy and what were your friends like in high school Oh, dear God. I don't know if I want to do all that. You can go as deep as you want yeah. and as shallow. Um, I... who? Let's start with who were you in high school? Oh, God, you know I hate that question. I love this question. You love that question because you liked who you were in high school. I do not. No, I think it's telling, and I think oh. it gives people the opportunity to explain where they've come from if they didn't like themselves necessarily, yes. and they can talk about growth. Or right. on the flip side, they can talk about... I decided who I wanted to be, and I've been consistent in that. Yeah. I. The only bad side is if they're like, I was great in high school, and now I'm And bad things are person. trash now. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh that's the occasional run-in with that question. Um, <laughs> in high school, I was a hot mess, which, I granted, I guess everybody is like a different shade of hot mess in high school, probably. 100%. But um, I was, like, when I think of it now, I have to literally not get sad because I was like a little... I was just insecure and had no idea what to do with it. Like I just, yeah. I was just like your 
very standard depiction of like, I just needed affirmation and could not ask for it at all. And I thought I had something to prove to everybody. So in high school, I think I was just like loud because I was overcompensating and I was mean because I was overcompensating. And I just like had freaking, I, uh, I look back on it and it cringe and I joke that I moved a thousand miles away to just like pretend like it never happened because I'm like, that was disturbing and gross, but I loved coming here a thousand miles away because I was like, um, I'm going to figure out if I'm actually like that or if this is, was just like a, a product major character of your environment. Too. Yes. Yes. Because I couldn't figure out if I was a product of my environment. Not that they were bad people, but you weren't set up the no, best. Like no, they no, weren't no. like-minded and they didn't necessarily have your best interests in mind. No, not everybody that was around me. I, my friends in high school were like my end all be all. Like I would have given them all my limbs and just been like a little nugget person. But I think I they would have taken all your limbs. Um, yeah, I think inadvertently they would have. I know that I was not the friend that I am now. Sure, yeah, and that's a big part yes. too. I think that I abused uh, their friendship at the same time, at, at the exact same time. There was a, there's just a lot of years for everyone to make mistakes in, in general mm-hmm. in all of that time. And so I just, by the time like I got to, I got to Southeastern and I got here and I realized how people were treating me after they had just met me. It was kind of like a whole new, it opened up a whole new door of like, Oh my God, people actually want me in the room, which was a, the most bizarre what feeling you felt for like me. You had to fight for in high school. Yes. I literally was like bringing my own chair to the party is what it always felt like. And I couldn't yeah. tell if it was just in my head or if it was, I don't know. I think part of it was just insecurity and then me trying to overcompensate. And if I felt like the alpha, then I, it made me feel better. And it was like, well, they, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, every time I walked out of a room, I thought everyone had something bad to say about me. And they probably did because I was a mess, you know? Do you feel like any of your friends also felt like they were fighting for attention? Probably. I mean, I think everyone was because you're, you're 16. And I, I've gotten to the point now where I don't blame anybody for anything because it's just like everybody was 16 and dumb and we figured out our junk and yeah. we can, you know, I don't know, whatever. But to give context, was it a big school, a small school, graduating yeah. class size? It was a, it was a bigger school. I th- oh Public gosh. school? Yeah, it's a public school. I think we had like, oh God, how many people were in my graduating class? I kind of am taking comfort right now in the fact that I don't remember. I want to <laughs> say it was like 400. Okay. So you had a really tiny school though. It, our experience is completely yeah. Completely different. Yes. And in every sense. Another f- question is Did you make, I've never actually asked you this, is, was your high school friends made within the four years or? I was like a, like a floater in general. So it was like our elementary schools were all split up okay. in like seven different schools. And then you go to middle school, and all the seven elementary schools came together. Oh. Yeah, it was a hot mess. So for, you did middle and high school with these people? Yeah. For high school, it was a core group of like, I think it was 10 of us that were. Like, we went to all of our church camps together. We slept over at each other's houses. We had our group message. We were clicky. We were, yeah, it was like our little core group of girls who I just adored. And then, um, I, but I also was kind of like a floater. So I had groups of friends in other places. Another question. When did faith become a semi-real or real thing to you? Um, it was all, for all my friends at one time, which I think is another reason why oh, our friendships were. And I think that's part, probably part of the reason now why faith for me is a very uh, like one-on-one sort of friendship thing. 
I'm more likely to feel like I'm having some sort of spiritual experience, quote unquote, when I'm just sitting talking to you versus like in a very like churchy sort of sense, Mm -hmm. because I think that's where I got that because my friends and I all figured that part out of our lives out together at the time for years. Like that was just our thing. In not a churchy setting. It was, but that wasn't where I like, it was the fact that we were all together and doing it together that did it for me. And it grew in conversation and experiences yes. within each other, yeah. not necessarily like a crazy worship moment no. or like the pastor calls you out from crowd. And it's like, right. that was always bizarre to me that people were like that. Yeah. I never got that. Yeah. But we, yeah, we went to, we ended up accidentally going to like a campus life, which do they have campus life everywhere? It's like like young life kind of I don't know yeah I think so yeah so it was like a youth group sort of situation and we would go on trips and stuff together and that was where that became sort of a reality for all of us and it was it was our thing but at the same time we also were hot messes too like we just we couldn't get a grip we were just all over the place yeah and it was fun and it served its purpose and it's taught me a ridiculous amount about how I do friendships now both in a positive sense and a negative sense you know what I mean which is like whether you loved high school or hated high school, regardless of friendships mm-hmm. or not, it's literally just like this massive chance to learn what to do and what not to do. Right. And recognize patterns mm-hmm. and be like, okay, do I want to perpetuate this and keep going mm-hmm. with this? Is this healthy and good and makes me feel, you know, checks all my boxes? Yeah. Or is this something that like catches up to you and like for sure bites you in the butt later mm-hmm. and causes you to have some self reflection? Yes. Like, be honest with yourself. And I think that's the weird thing is I, that none of my boxes were checked for so long that I didn't think it was anybody. And it wasn't anybody's responsibility necessarily to check them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I got to Southeastern and it was like all of a sudden it was these these people that just met me and were like, wait a minute, you like genuinely don't think that you're good and you are. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hold up, hold the phone, no, baby. Said that to me baby, before. say it again. <laughs> you know, it was just weird. like people saying like, oh, did you ever realize that you're like this or that you make people feel this way? And I was like, um, no, I like just never knew these things about me. You never had peers call out good at you. No, because I only had this scope of I don't like me and mm. they don't like me. So Therefore. Just, like competing. <laughs> yeah. And I always felt like I had something to prove. Like I needed to prove in every room I'm in, I need to be there. So I need to be loud. I need to be the bubbly. Like, I, I, like I'm not extroverted. I mean, I'm like, I'm outgoing. You're kind of right in the middle. I am, but I'm not. You don't get your energy no. from like large groups. That's no, for sure. but I don't. I know it's weird that I thought a defining characteristic for me was that I just was attention seeking, but it's not necessarily my defining characteristic. I can handle attention, but now I'm. Neb, you would not catch me dead trying to get on that stage on at you know at Southeastern speaking in front of. I don't would never want to do that because that's actually not who I am at all. And it took my friendships being able to tell me like, "Hey, you're fine without having to like go on stage and yell about it and like yeah. tell everybody how great you are because you actually don't need to do that." Yeah. And I was like, "For real? This whole time I didn't have to do that, and I thought I did. Otherwise, I figured no one wanted me there." Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But it took, it literally took you guys being able to be like, you're being an idiot. Um, right. You're fine. And I was and like, we'll oh, love sure. you whether you do a hundred million things for us or not. Right. I think that was a big thing for me in my friendships was like, oh, I could just sit on the couch and like be myself. Mm-hmm. And, and like, they're still going to want me there. Yeah. Bizarre. Okay. You give me your perspective now that I've talked your ear off on that. On you? No, 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 on you. Oh, oh, oh. Then we'll go back. <laughs> then don't worry, we'll go back. <laughs> so 
my high school experience was very different than that. I went to a very small private high school um, where faith was a part of everything, K mm-hmm. through 12. Right. I graduated with 40 students. There's 180. <laughs> I cannot imagine that. I know. There's 180 people in my high school total. And I think our class was the biggest graduating class in like a few years. Of 40. Of 40. Mm-hmm. So it was like you knew everyone, everyone knew you and all your business, regardless of if you wanted them to or not. So on one sense, it was really comfortable because everyone already knew you. So you didn't have any pressure to like be or fit some certain okay. mold. But it was also weird because they knew everything about you mm-hmm. and had this like preconceived notion of right. like where you came from. Mm-hmm. And if who you came from is, a great family that's awesome yeah it's fine <laughs> and my family's great but it's definitely not perfect right so not your private school family you're like my actual family yeah and it's not just like your yeah no I'm saying like you uh, weren't a boy and a girl and a golden retriever and you know yeah I thought you were saying something else <laughs> no, no. um but yeah faith was always a big thing it was also I think pretty pressured mm-hmm. to be at a certain level in your faith Mm. um and I don't think they meant to necessarily like cram that down people's throats I think they just wanted us to get it young Mm -hmm. so that it would be like a foundational thing for the rest of our lives and then if you're young sometimes you're not ready for all that yes exactly and I think some people that was almost the tipping point where they were like I had no no choice Mm -hmm. it wasn't a choice it was just integrated so deeply in my brain that I thought one way for a long time and now that I have the option not to I don't want to that being said I went to like church camp Mm -hmm. and everything with everybody but I was pretty much friends with everybody Mm kind of hard not to be Mm -hmm. Um, well yeah you had to be otherwise you were stuck in his face with them anyways yeah and it's funny one of my friends after I think it was my sophomore year of high school we all went over to their house we were talking about college and how people change and like all this stuff and one of my friends was like so weird Maddie because I feel like you've been the same exact person from third grade to now (laughs) and like you went the furthest I know and I was like at first I was like what the heck like I've seen your home videos you were you were a scary little kid but no 100 at first i was like what the heck like that's rude yeah i was like you you're saying you didn't give me any room to like grow or anything and he was like <laughs> you gave me no room to grow from the third grade <laughs> and he was like no i'm just saying like you've always been nice you've always been like friendly with people oh, you've sweet. always cared and i was like oh okay i'll take that for sure wait that's funny to me because i feel like whenever you paint the picture which granted you have a tendency to paint yourself in a more negative light than other people do probably but You always paint yourself as like, oh, I was not nice. I was definitely a weirdo, like super goofy, random as a kid. And all my life, I I definitely think my closer friends would be like, yeah, she's a goof. Yeah. But in like fifth and sixth grade, Mm -hmm. I just got in with like these girls who weren't mean. Mm -hmm. We just ended up being like the clicky mean girls. Mm -hmm. And... Those were, like, the worst two, three years of my life, honestly. Really? Yeah, because middle school sucks anyway. That's true. And then, like, I'm the mean one. Yeah. That sucks looking back being like – Did it suck in the moment or did it just suck looking back and you were like, wait, I suck? It was this weird thing where I knew I was acting wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, I had this deep inner guilt of, like – I'm not treating people the way that I would like to be treated at all. And I Mm -hmm. know for a fact that's not just, like, a funny theory. Right. It's, like – you shouldn't do that. Right. So I would cry being a part of this clique 
And mm-hmm. we literally called ourselves a clique. Oh, dear God. And I would cry all the time because I lost certain friends that I had made from when I was little. Because yeah. they were like, oh, like you became friends with these girls and now you're mean. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to be the mean girl. I, I don't at all. Right. But I can't get out of the clique because if I don't, then I'm going to get eaten alive. Ooh. And they know way too much about me. That Ooh, they're going to like. so middle school. Yes. And they're going to like I'm betray like me and bit. like share all my secrets yeah. and tell the boy that I like that I like <gasps> him and like write they my name too. on the bathroom They freaking stall. would. I know they would. So I felt super trapped. But yeah. in seventh grade, I was like, you know what? I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I love this timeline. And then back in seventh grade. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm done with this. So I split up the group. Oh, and I'm still power. I know I'm still friends with all of these girls actually because we so we went the rest of our they're high gonna school listen years. to this and be like, oh, I remember the Civil War of no. the Click. And there's a very clear ringleader, <gasps> and there is a very clear like it was just four of us, but there was two who were really close and two who were really close, and me and the one that were really close, she's still one of my best friends. Like if I named her name, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but there was that weird little scent. And then mm-hmm. eighth through twelfth grade was totally normal. I will say, I think my bump in the road was I had a really terrible boyfriend my ninth grade year that I was just like all consumed with. Mm-hmm. I lost all my friends. Oh, I don't even know why because I wasn't like crazy about this guy. Do you miss him? Do you love him? No. Do you ever think about him? Never. Do you ever think he might be the one that got away? Never. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, but that was a weird year. Mm-hmm. I really I. I think that was a turning point in my value of friendships for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I still wasn't like necessarily mean. I mm-hmm. just wasn't intentional right. at all. Mm-hmm. And the things that I valued about myself that year, I couldn't see anymore. Yeah. And that was really gut wrenching for me, especially like disappointing the friends that you choose mm-hmm. sucks way more than like people that are just forced to be in your life. Oh, that actually is a good point. You know? Yes. And so I just felt like super guilty. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. they helped me a ton in the type of friend that I am now mm-hmm. because there were so many like chances. I think that you even saying that, speaks a lot to the way that you do friendships differently than me when it comes to Mm. your thing about like, I need the people around me to be able to see all my faces and still say it's okay and still make me feel like I can be all of me at one time because that's just your thing. Mm -hmm. But I think that directly goes back to that of the fact of like, I don't think I ever put those together. Well, this is why I'm here. (laughs) And I am the great puzzler. That's what they call me. I've never used that phrase before in my life. Um, but no, I think it makes sense because it's like those people saw you being ugly and mean and they were still like, eh, let's give her another go. Yeah. You know? And that meant the most, you know, it was a really defining point of friendship for you. And I for think that's sure. why you hold it as I like, a high value for you. Yeah. I dropped the ball mm-hmm. and they were like, okay, that sucked. And I'm going to be honest. And they picked and the ball my, yeah. my feelings, <laughs> but also like, that's not who you are. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, I like that. Like I have a chance right. to be who I actually am. Mm-hmm. And agree with you that that wasn't cool and right. then move on from it. See, and I think that that's the, and like the difference with me and you is that I didn't get that. <laughs> at all. <laughs> at all. Yeah. But I think I, I didn't get it from who I wanted it from initially. And I think coming here and getting it made it more important to me just in a different sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. So there were definitely certain people that they right. were just like, oh, that's how high school is. Like you had a boyfriend. Like 
You just spent your time with them. That's fine. And I felt like I could be completely honest with them. Mm -hmm. And because there wasn't a contingency factor. Exactly. And then there were certain people where they were like, that was hurtful, but I'm Uh giving you another shot. Right. Um, which was true. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't blame them for saying that mm-hmm. at all. But I also felt this weird pressure of, like, I can't tell you certain things that I've done or been right. through or experienced. Right. So I became... And you, your guard immediately got Yeah, up. I became very split with mm-hmm. friends that I was super vulnerable and everything mm-hmm. felt really easy with. Yeah. And then people that I, to a certain extent, was like, oh, yeah, everything's, like, peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. And you still do that now? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's, I think that's my biggest struggle. In general, in all of life? No, with friendships. With friendships, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, now we're going into our greatest struggles? Well, <laughs> I have a list here. Here we go. I pull out a scroll. It just <laughs> unrolls down my steps. I don't think I pieced together that thought process mm-hmm. until college. But mm-hmm. that you had that like compartmentalization of like, yeah. here's everything versus here's like, these are the people the I surface. feel pressure with. Mm-hmm. And these are the people where I don't feel any pressure at all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Is but, that less like super limited? What? The people that you can give absolutely everything? Or is it like, no, this is my core 20? No. Oh my gosh. It's I, let's see if I, it's one, two, three, four. You literally slowed down at three. I definitely expected at least 10. Oh, with everything? I don't know because you still have your friends from high school. So I'm thinking like, Corey, me, and then like your friends from high school and then a couple of our friends. Yeah, but my best friends. I guess not all of your friends from high school would count. My best friends from high school I can now. I okay. couldn't always. Okay, okay, okay. You're right, so you're right. some of those friends were the people that I was like, I feel mm-hmm. no pressure and I can just say anything that mm-hmm. I want to and feel completely comfortable. Some of them, there was a level of pressure that I felt then that I don't feel now. Okay. So okay. that makes sense. Th- they are in that list. They're mm-hmm. part of the three and I have maybe three from college, mm-hmm. four including Corey, which is yeah, he doesn't count. Um, where was the shift in college for you I guess like where did the healing process mm -hmm. of high school start here um I think it started in pieces throughout that first year of college I think God knew that I couldn't do it all at once because they yeah it would all of it just felt very big because I always referred to it then as a joke as like breaking up with my hometown of like (laughs) slowly but surely taking like little chunks out of it and um I, I didn't like the person that I was whenever I was going back and forth trying to be like two different people mm-hmm. and I was just so much better here and I wanted to be all here. I went home that summer and um, I remember this was actually, ugh, I actually don't even like talking about it. Um, <laughs> I went home. I was spending some time with some friends. I remember a very long story short being outside of a window and I, I had probably said something stupid and whatever. But I remember standing out. This is like my big monumental shift moment. I was standing at a doorstep that I have stood on a million and ten times throughout my entire childhood. And at one of my friend's houses. And I'm standing there and the windows are all open. And you've heard the story before. Yeah. Because I, yeah, it is sad. I remember hearing them talking about me inside. Mm. And it was not the first time I had done the exact same thing. I had been the culprit of that exact same scenario many times. And I was standing there and I remember being like, oh my God, like 
there's just no positive opinions of me. And I don't think any of my friends in Florida think that of me. And I remember Mm. standing there for the first time feeling very separated from it because normally if anyone said anything bad about me, really immediately it was back on me of like, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Like Mm. they're right. It was confirming this fear about yourself that you already created. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, there is literally nothing else you can say about me that I have not already said. So I was like, you think that's original? It's not. But it was the first time where I was standing there like, that's not true. No, that is not true about me. And it was, I think that was a thing, not only for me, but it was a thing of like, that all of my friends had already confirmed that for me of like, that's not who you are. And I was like, oh, shoot, maybe it's not. And so it was, but I was so sad. I was standing there just immediately sobbing. So I got in my car and I remember I called um, my college roommate and I remember I was driving down the road and I had to like pull over and I was like, this is all the things that they said. And I remember her just being so shocked and me being really comforted by the fact that she was shocked. Mm. And I was like, and I remember saying, you're surprised. And she was like, yes, like none of that sounds like you. And it was the first time that I was able to make a, like an actual line of like, this was what they say about me, but my friends don't even recognize me as that person. Like if you were to describe me as this, this, and this, my friends wouldn't think of me. Mm. And maybe like, those are my friends that like, don't think of the, all these negative adjectives when they think of me, like if, and granted there was a part of me that knew that I had to own some of that because that was who I acted like, you know, like, yeah, I had set that precedent and I had to live with that. It's half owning your crap and half believing in the best of who you were and what you had to offer. Right. Because I think there was a lot of guilt there for a really long time of just me being a trash human that just like said stupid stuff about people and wanted to be mean because I was so insecure and so much that even to this day, I still have to own and be like, I hurt people. And that still makes me sick to my stomach. And I don't like to think about it, but I was, I was trying. And that was the most I could do at that point was like, I'm trying, I'm trying to do better. Mm. And if like, you don't want that for me. I'm sorry for the both of us. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to recognize in friends when you do make the effort to better yourself. Mm -hmm. If they're like, Oh no, no. Like, remember like you're this person. Mm -hmm. Don't get it twisted. Like don't think that you've taken a step forward. Mm -hmm. You haven't. Right. And then there's real friends that are like, okay, yeah, that's maybe not your best quality, but you're also moving in the right direction. Yeah, because I think in the time even that we've been friends, when I've done something stupid or said something stupid, which, I mean, every day of my life I've messed something up, I I can't think of too many times where I have felt like – crap about it necessarily I mean even for like a you know a day maybe for me to like sit back on something but even if I mess something up I I think it's important for me now to have friendships where I can go and be like and just be completely honest and say like but that's not who I am right and even if I messed up you guys would be like nope (laughs) yeah like it's not who you are bad moment yep let's let's move on like let's figure that out um but I think that was probably my my like shift moment so what do you think your biggest challenge in your friendships now? Does it still stem? With you guys? Yeah. Does it still stem from insecurity? Yes. 1000%. Okay. And I, and I, Maddie knows about this because I joke about this all the time. I <laughs> have this compulsion now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's not funny. It actually is it's very not. sad, but I think it's funny even while I'm doing it now, which I think has made it more bearable. I have this thing now, and I guess it might stem from the story I just repeated, but 
if I have my friends in a room, if I leave the room for a second, I um, at least 50% of the time will stick my ear to the door to see if anybody's saying anything bad about me. And even though I'm not the insecure 13-year-old that I once was, there's a part of me that still is. And so I just have this thing of like, yeah, just to be safe. Like, I just have to do it. I've listened to air vents. I I have hovered in parking lots. I, I don't know what it is. And I know I have never once caught you guys talking about about me ever. Yeah. And I and like, I don't know why I think that if anything you guys think bad about me, you've probably already been honest with me and told me like, get a grip. I was going to say, I think, I think any hard conversations between any of us, like you to me, me to you, yeah, me to already anyone else is like, I think that's part of healthy friendships is being like sure. hey like where's that coming from like, right that was kind of hurtful yeah or like, like oh that hurt my feelings and even if it has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. I'm like hey did you know that you probably rubbed that person the wrong way when you said that have we ever had to have a conversation like that me and you I don't know I think we're very I think it goes back to the whole vulnerability thing mm-hmm. I'm not you don't want to give all your cards I'm not super vulnerable I'm mm-hmm kind of an onion like I have a lot of layers yeah and I don't appear to be that way to people that I just meet I know that I don't Mm -hmm. because my rule is this if I'm going to talk about my life or things that I've gone through with people that I just meet I'm totally cool with doing that but I'm also only willing to give away the amount of information that I'm okay with them telling their mom oh like that's kind of a good rule of thumb yeah so I'm like I'll, I'll talk about my family mm-hmm. and, and things that I grew up with mm-hmm. and I won't go past the level of, well, I'm okay if they stand up and say this in front of all of their girlfriends and mm-hmm. talk their own opinion about that. I'm cool with it. Ooh, maybe I should use that filter. Yeah. That's a boundary that I've definitely created for myself. I feel like my version of that is only just, I'm not going to talk about something with people that I don't trust that I haven't already completely processed and worked there. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't talk about any of this if I hadn't already done it. You know, yes. like, if it's half done and I'm still, like, got some resentment, I'm not talking about it with right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I think there's a balance, and I was actually just talking to a friend about this the other day, where I might have a little bit too many walls up, even mm-hmm. if I don't look like I do. Yeah. Um and I, I wish, honestly, I was more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But to me... It's so funny because I just don't think people see you like that. And I guess I don't see you I like know. that because I'm biased. But Wait, as what? As just as being, have being your friend this long and like knowing as all the not sides vulnerable. of you. I don't... Yeah, I see you as very... I'm very self-aware and yeah. I'm very willing to talk. You're very like warm. Like people... I don't think people look at you as like cold and aloof and very like, ooh, I don't want to tell her so. But I don't think... I think this is the thing, though. I know that I'm trustworthy, right? which is probably why I come off that way. But okay. I don't necessarily trust everybody else. Why do you think that is? I think it's just fear. Mm-hmm. Because what's vulnerable to me is not anything that I've gone through and processed, like you said. Mm-hmm. What's vulnerable to me is, hey, I'm not, I haven't figured this out yet. Mm-hmm. And I feel really weird or insecure or uncertain about it. And I'm just verbally processing and I have no answer. Right. It's really easy to talk to girls that you're mentoring or your friends Mm -hmm. or making friends with people and bonding over things that you're like, oh, yeah, I won that battle. Right. It's already over. It's under my belt. And I could give you advice on how to do it, too. Mm -hmm. 
comfortable with that. Right. I'm not super comfortable for some reason. You don't have the answers with with battles. Well, I, I have it's, if it if it's already like a notch in your belt, you're just secure about it. And I think you thrive so much off of security of like this is a black and white. I, this is how it went. Yes. And I can give you a step by step. But if you don't have that yet, yeah, that's not something you can be vulnerable about because you can't you can't give an answer. Exactly. And so the, on one end, I'm like. I think certain people, they just word vomit and they tell way too much of their business to people. Mm -hmm. And not everyone deserves to know the things that you're going through. And not everyone deserves to know the hurt that you've been through. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, I think there's a level of encouragement that is like, hey, I don't have this figured out yet. And Mm -hmm. if you don't either, that's okay. Right. You don't have to beat it. You can process Mm -hmm. it and figure it out and be a human being along the way that is like a weird line to figure yes. out in general yes exactly so and i not have like a vulnerability hangover of like i, t- I should not have done that exactly so <sighs> what is the timeline of how friendships evolve for you oh do Lordy. you become friends with people like pretty quick and you just kind of know like oh me and this person will be friends we connect yes okay i definitely do that so you- i think that i i <laughs> am deceptively I deceptively pride myself on being a very good judge of character. And so I usually know if I like someone like pretty off the bat, but it doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to be their best friend and like want to hold hands forever because I think I'm like very comfortable with my niche group of people Mm -hmm. pretty much for the most part. Mm -hmm. I don't feel this need anymore to like make friends. Is that bad? (laughs) I'm very invested in the people that I have now. And I want, I'm, I more care about if you think I'm a good friend versus if I think 30 people are a good friend. And I think it's just maturing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm like, is that right? Yeah. Is that yeah. a good answer? I think the people that see all of you, you want them to have the higher opinion of you rather than right. like 40 acquaintances who's like, yeah, she's nice and funny. Yes. 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 Timeline though. I think I pretty quick, but I think I, <laughs> I have like a, not, I don't have bad boundaries. I don't think in general, but I think I have like a very loose like I will meet someone who's like a mutual friend or someone that I think I kind of know. And I'll like my version of telling them too much isn't always the same. And so I'll be like, Oh my God, my bra is so itchy. And if I accidentally say that to the wrong person, they're like, Oh God, I couldn't say that. Sorry. Like I'll say that to someone I just met, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh my God, I'm not wearing underwear. And they'd be like, don't tell me that. Like really? Those are, who? No, but I'm just saying in general, like my ver- – I go to that version of connection really quickly. Yeah, you do. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I don't care about – like but that I, certain I'll, stuff I don't care about. My timeline for friendships mm. is a lot different. I'm always super jealous of Corey because – and it's one of the things that I really love about him. is like put him – throw him in any sort of scenario and he's probably going to like find – And you don't a, see yourself like – Find a common thread and make a friend. Mm-hmm. Because I think the natural order of things is to have light, funny conversations. Corey's really good at making people laugh and getting mm-hmm. them comfortable. Yeah. And then he can move to like more of a serious conversation. Mm-hmm. I am the exact opposite. I feel like I want to know and understand somebody and them to know and understand me. Mm-hmm. And then I can be a goof. So it's funny. And I've, I've experienced this recently mm-hmm. where – Somebody that I was, like, kind of barely getting to know in a way yeah, um, described me as reserved. Oh, right. You did tell me about that. Yes. 
when and it stressed you out. Any of my friends would be like, she's like <laughs> who? A lot of the things I would say about her, like being reserved, is not mm-hmm. one. Like I'm very straightforward. I like mm-hmm. sharing my opinion. Yes. I'm a total dork. I embarrass myself all the time, and I'm constantly like being a savage. Yes, but to people that I don't know, I do come across very shy. And I don't like the word shy because I equate it with boring. Okay. Yes. And that's super annoying to me. Why does boring sound like such a derogatory thing to you? Because who wants to hang out with a boring person? Well, yeah. I mean, no I mean, no one wants to be described as boring. And I want to, like, clap back half the time and be like, I'm not boring. I think you're boring. So, I, like, there, there's yeah. a level of me that's, like, I don't feel the need to, like, show you my other side. Right. It's not even worth it. Yeah, but that being said, some people are like, oh, yeah, Maddie's – she's not – I this is where I don't know. And I guess I'm biased because I've been friends with you for long enough now that I don't know how people see you, especially since you've, like, I don't know, since you've just matured a lot in the past couple of years. But mm-hmm. I just don't – I just don't think people see you like that. And I might be way off base. I, I don't know if I'm skewing, like, one. One or, of us is skewed. I don't know which one. I don't know if I – I think I might be skew, skewing, like, one or two conversations where I've been probably described as shy. See, because I don't see – obviously, I don't see you as shy, but most people don't describe their own best friend I'm as just shy. saying I like to know. I like to talk about things that matter. I like to understand who you are, why mm-hmm. you are the way that you are, because yeah. it gives me some sort of – not expectation, mm-hmm. but it gives me some way to measure consistency. Okay, which is very important to me. And whenever. no one's just gonna dip whenever they're like, she's being a, she's being bizarre or she's being way too honest. Yeah, and not every person can. They're not all gonna take your honesty the same way. And that's an interesting thing within my friendships. What I have certain yeah. friends that I can be super honest with. Mm-hmm. And ask questions and them ask yeah. questions to me. And then I have some friends that are like, they don't do the honesty thing very well. Well, I think that you're the kind of friend that you go to expecting that. So if I'm coming to you, and I mean, I guess I can just say this from me. Like if I'm coming to you, I do want your honest reaction. If I want someone to sugarcoat it, I'm not going to you. Right. Which, But why me, do you want friends like that? I was going to say to me, that's like music to my ears. Uh when I've had multiple friends call me and be like, okay, I just want the honest truth and zero judgment. So I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you. See, and that's the thing you can get both at the same time. I think that's like the miracle of a friend is like, if you can have both at the exact same time of, I'm going to like straight shoot it with you, but I also don't care either way. And I still love you the exact same. That's like the rare find. Exactly. And it's, I think telling the truth in love Mm -hmm. is like the defining factor of a lifelong friend. Mm -hmm. If you can't be honest with yourself and be honest with your friends to make you and them better, that's not a friend to me. No. You know? I think that there's too many people that you would call your best friends who don't call, not you, I'm saying people in life that won't call you out on your crap. Yes. What's the point? Exactly. That sounds miserable. No, and I like I would want the same for someone to do that to me. Like if you noticed something in me and didn't tell me it, like someone else is going to, and they might not be, they might not love me as much as you do. And in a sense, it's saying like I don't care about you. Yeah, I feel like if I'm sitting someone down and I'm going through the effort of having a hard conversation, it's never for somebody that I just kind of care about. So I think it's like it's always for people that I would give an arm and a leg for. So if I'm 
if someone's doing that for me, I automatically think like, wow, this person actually genuinely cares and has thought about this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Even if it's hard to hear. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about what you learned the most in all of this. In the friends I have now. Yeah, and friendship in general. What have you taken um, away? What's your biggest takeaway? Well, we were just discussing right before this so that we could keep ourselves on track. Um, like our mottos whenever it comes to friendships. And I think that the past like couple years has been um, go where you're celebrated and not tolerated. I love that. Um, which I, I only think has been... I don't think I, this is going to sound like very reverse of what I would normally say on a regular day, but I don't think I liked me until other, until you guys did, until you guys were like, here, like, here's what it is about you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I probably, there were certain things about, I don't know how to say what I'm saying. I think you, you know I'm saying? I think you needed, I think you had so much confirmation about the things you didn't like about yourself mm -hmm. that you forgot about all the good that was in there. Right. And then so when people shed light to what was already there, yeah. you were like, oh, that's actually true. And I accept that. Mm -hmm. I accept the good, too. Right. I don't think I would be in even in the career that I'm in now if it hadn't been for mm -hmm. people telling me that that's what I needed to do or that's what I should do because I was good at it. Like, I don't mm. think I ever had anyone tell me I was good at anything. I mean, like, outside of my family or something. Like, my, yeah. you know, your mom telling you that you're the but that's, that's what I'm saying, though, too. Like, my mom could be like, you're the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing, awesome, incredible person ever. And she does say all of those things <laughs> in one talk text, which I love you, In mom. the same talk text She's where she spells your name wrong. Maddie, yeah, I three mean, times. Mary, we love you. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, oh, dumb, my parents think this. But right. when somebody rich. else outside of it says mm -hmm. that, you're like, oh, that has weight. For sure. Because you didn't have to say that. Yeah. I didn't did come anyways. from you. Yeah. And you're not responsible for me. You're just for whatever reason saying that mm -hmm. I'm a great friend. Yeah. And I think I've always been since then have always been, and I think it's probably why, because I'm in a new room too, that I've always been very insecure about how good of a friend I am. And if I'm being a good enough friend mm -hmm. and if I'm listening enough or, or like talking just the right amount and giving the exact right advice or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and I think it's the shift in the past couple of years has been like, not to overperform. Um, what I learned the most about friendship, oh yeah, and about people across the board is that everybody just wants to be seen and everybody just wants to be heard, mm -hmm. and they deserve somebody who can handle the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. With friends, the most comforting moments are when I'm like sharing about not the good parts and they're like unfazed yeah you know and mm -hmm. like okay and yeah and so like, when you say someone's wait, wait, wait. unfazed like in like what reaction are you looking for whenever it comes to you're telling someone really ugly that you're like ashamed of or embarrassed of or like i don't want to tell anyone this but i'm gonna tell you anyways what's like your cue of okay this is the reaction that i needed or this was safe. i think it's half body language half the verbal communication. Mm -hmm. I think the words, I don't know who you are. Oh, okay. See, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Really? I, that one is gross. I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking, I, I don't even know what to say. 
No. That one grosses me out. I don't care about that one. What? If someone, if I told someone something really heavy and they said, I don't even know what to say. <gasps> I'm like, okay, well, uh, I have to go. I have to accept a phone call from my mother right I mean, now. I definitely wouldn't like it. Not if they were like, nope. I don't really know what to say to that. Because I contribute a lot of things to that. They don't have perspective. They've never been in my shoes. Oh, they so don't you're more graceful relate. than me in that. Nat, I'm like, you're mean. You hate me. And now guess what? I hate you. My thing is... I don't know who you are. I, that why do you think that that would you keep out? me up at night? Because all growing up and all throughout my life, everything else outside of myself has been very chaotic, yeah, and not stable. Mm, so and so you want to be the stable. The then. only thing that I could ever truly, and I don't want to hurt any of my friends or family that might listen to this back home because I love them and they had every yes, good intention yes, in the yes, world. Yes. But at the end of the day, the only person that I had control over and the only thing that I could choose to better and the only thing that I could rely on was myself. Right. So everything in me and my character has mm -hmm. been my choice. And I know me, I'm confident in me. I don't have any issues with that. It's my outside world that I have a hard time trusting. Hmm. So when somebody says, I don't know who you are, throws me off. You're like, oh shoot, then. Yeah, because all of the pain that I've gone through has not been necessarily my choice. Like I've made dumb decisions, mm -hmm. but like more of the traumatic, like yeah. standout things right, right, right. have things are been completely outside of my control. Mm -hmm. So I don't really measure things by. I wonder how they're going to think of me or what I'm going to do mm -hmm. or if I'm coming off right or if they perceive me well. Yeah. I don't have those thoughts. Hmm. It's, mm -hmm. are you going to switch up? Yeah. Because I, I know me. Right. But you don't know everyone else. I don't. And you're, so you're preparing for every worst case scenario. And that's why I'm really slow to open up because I want to see this level of like, I can trust you. Hmm. And you are who you say you are. But then that also includes you being who you say you are. And so if someone questions that, you're like, oh, shit. Then my whole Every, system goes to crap. Yeah. It all just crumbles. Yeah. Because then I'm like. And you can't afford that. That's not safe enough for you. Yeah. And I'm like. Interesting. And it makes me go into this weird place of like, yeah, I do know who I am. Hmm. And so the fact that you're looking at me and saying that just makes me feel really rejected. Ooh, I don't like that word. Yeah. I think even right now I'm more vulnerable than I intended to be. And I hate whenever that happens. <laughs> Don't use this against me, please. Don't use this against me, please. Please love me in every opinion I've ever had. Okay. So we obviously said a lot on this episode. Yeah, we had to take a little break just to weep. <laughs> just kidding. I, I just had to pee. that this, I don't know, makes you self-reflect of what kind of friend you are and what kind of friends you have. And... Yeah. That you surround yourself with people that build you up, but also they call you out. For sure, girlfriend. Yeah. And also have fun with your friends and be oh, yeah, friends yeah, with yeah. people that are different than you. And, and be friends with people that don't call you boring. Like whoever called Maddie reserved that one time. <laughs> God. Exactly. Screw you, whoever you are. I actually don't remember who it was, so it works out perfectly. Oh, that's good. So I can assassinate this person's character. <laughs> What? Why am I so mad at this person? Find friends that stick up for you and will assassinate the character of anyone who comes against you. The character, not the person. Oh. Yeah, so it wasn't a death threat. Maddie like, just looked, gosh, at, me. We've done Maddie just looked at me with fear in her eyes. Podcast. Yeah, like I would know how to do it too. Oh my gosh. Just kidding. I'm just hey, kidding. I would kill for my closest. 
I think I uh, wouldn't because I'm too afraid of being in, getting in trouble, but I will visit you in prison. Maddie, would you visit me in prison? 100%. I actually think that. I would, I would put money on your books. On my books? That's like, I would, I would put money on your account. Oh, thank you for for clarifying the prison lingo, Maddie. Thank you for helping me out on that. You're welcome. Her last name is Hood, if that tells you anything. Don't look it up, please. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right, everybody, make good friends. Be a good friend. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Average and audience.